You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil. And I'm Erin. And we're glad to have you here with us where we reflect on how we can make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. So today is the third and final part in our Advent series. And our goal has been that we can paint a picture for you of what the life and times of Jesus looked like when he was born. So we've kind of covered some of the political situation. Um, We've even touched a little about the economics. We've talked about just people's jobs, we've the talked religion. about the religious situation, kind of all over the map. And so today I was hoping to kind of focus in on some of the aspects of Jesus' birth specifically to sort mm. of extrapolate some meaning, I think, that's a little bit underneath the surface. I think obvious to some people and things we know about, but some really cool kind of historical information weaved in. All right. Well, I'm excited to, to dig in. So when you say you want to talk about Jesus' birth specifically... Um, what kinds of things do we know historically about it that we would be surprised by that aren't in the Bible? So, well, it, it, and how so would we it's know? Not in the Bible, but you know, <laughs> the Gospel of Luke, for example, gives us a lot of really cool details about Jesus' birth, and we touched on one of them of I think in episode one where we talked about how Jesus really very likely wasn't born in a stable because you had told us that the houses back then had the barn attached because the heat of the animals would then heat the house so it was a survival thing so he would very likely could have been in the manger which would have been between the house and the animal section. Yes. I didn't know what to call it. A lot of people would bring their animals in at night for heat, for even for safety. Um, And this doesn't, I mean, the manger is there whether the animals are there or not, right? And Mm -hmm. so, but what's even more interesting, we didn't talk about this, is that the Greek word translated in the Luke chapter 2 verse 7 as the inn is actually the word kataluma. And it turns out that that word is not best translated as inn as much as guest room. Really? Yeah. And so... In the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 11, for example, when it says, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? The term used there is kataluma. So where is the guest room used? And similarly, in the book of Luke also, in Luke, chapter 10, verse 34... The passage says, he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn. This, of course, being the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? And it says it brought him to an inn. And that is not the word kataluma. So Luke, when he uses guest room, used kataluma. And when he's specifically in a parable used inn, he used a word called pandoxeon. And so this is, and again, you know, I'm not perfect at pronouncing these words and right. such. but We are not native Greek yeah, speakers. <laughs> but Luke himself uses a different word for in. And so really what's happening here is people would have a guest room. Houses were set up, you know, very differently back then, even just from one another, I mean. Okay. And so we don't know the exact layout of every house. However, but it could be like nowadays, many people have a guest room where it, a guest could stay. Exactly. And it seems like that could have been on the second floor, for example, um, somewhere kind of separated a little bit. And it seems more like what happened is when Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, the guest room where they were staying was full. 
Now, oh, okay. And, and the reason that this must be true is, you know, like we talked about before, no culture would simply allow a pregnant woman to just, you know, go uncared for, right? Right. But Luke 2, chapter 6 also says this. It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Now, we often think of this as an emergency situation, right? Like she rushes into Bethlehem. There's no room at the inn. So they go to a stable. But here it's like, while they were there, the time came to give birth. Okay. So it doesn't really make sense for the inn to have been full because they were there for some amount of time. So where they gave birth was intentional, not an emergency of there was no room. It was last minute. Okay. And then Jesus was just born. So that gives more credibility to the thought of it being a guest room in a house that was intended to be stayed in and then... Right. But the, the fact still does apply, though, that this wasn't a wealthy family, right? They weren't exactly well off. I mean, they are still, you know, Jesus is still being born in a normal house right. in the manger. You know, they're not in some fancy place. Well, and we know that Joseph was a carpenter. And so I would imagine that was probably not the most lucrative position at the time. There were, there were the tax collectors who obviously had a lot of money. People in power probably had a lot of money. Um, or relatively more money. But yeah, a carpenter wouldn't be your your money savvy or money wealthy person. No, absolutely. I mean, again, and we're sticking a lot with Luke here. Um, it says that when they present Jesus at the temple, they give two turtle doves. Now, well, that th- sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, at Christmas so time, us, right? Turtle doves. Those, yeah, those of us who sad. aren't accustomed to sacrificial <laughs> offerings, what, what would that mean to them? Well, in the book of the Leviticus, people? this was like the poor person's offering. So you couldn't okay. f- afford a lamb, so you just give two small turtle dove birds, Okay, right? so it's almost the minimum, like, this was the most they could do. Right. So Jesus is born in pretty humble, you know, location, into a humble family. They're, they're not a wealthy group. This isn't like a big fanfare, which at the time, if you were an important person, there's often these huge, grand stories about your birth and how amazing it was and the clouds parted. And, you know, oh gosh. And, and here's Jesus <laughs> born in a place where there's not even the, the guest room. He's just born in a normal location in a normal time. Okay. And there's even a tradition that goes back to the early church that Jesus was born in a cave. I haven't actually heard that tradition before. Yeah, and I mean, even today, I believe you can visit the location where they think this cave might have been. And there's a lot of people that debate, you know, what 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 does it mean that Jesus was born in a cave? But it's actually very possible, even with everything we've been saying, because houses at the time were often born on top of or like butted up against a cave. So it's okay. very possible that the animals would have still been in there. So there's actually okay. some potential historical like credibility to Jesus possibly being born in a cave, but not necessarily in a cave like you'd think today. It was attached to the house, so it's still kind of that same layout. Oh, seems interesting. Likely. Okay, right. so they were building their houses among the natural things in the land, a cave being one of the likely... Right geographical features to build your house exactly. on or against. Exactly. Okay, that's so, fascinating. I think a lot of those themes then that we know of the Christmas story are still there, but some of those details are a little different. I yeah. mean, for example, did you realize that Jesus almost certainly was not born on Christmas as we like in the West and around the world celebrate Christmas on December 25? No, I've heard that he likely wasn't and that this date was picked as an easy one for Christians to celebrate on because there were already celebrations going on culturally. I'm not sure if that's the reason why. That's That was my understanding of what I've heard so far. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons we could discuss why the 25th was chosen. Maybe it would be fun to do that at some point for sure. But in terms of the actual date Jesus was born, it's linked actually to the shepherds. And so, really? yeah, and this has become one of my favorite passages now where this pronouncement of the angels to the shepherds, right? The, where it says, I have good news of great joy. And I want to talk about them a little bit in a minute. Um, but chapter two of Luke again, sticking with Luke says, <laughs> in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So okay, you have to know a little about geography and kind of how the planting and harvesting season works to really understand this. But if they were in the area of Bethlehem, that means they were in the field where people were planting things like wheat and barley and such. Okay. And shepherds wanted to keep a good relationship with the local people. So it's very unlikely that their sheep would be like in someone's field when there's grain growing about to be harvested because okay. then the animals would be eating the people's crops, right? That makes so, sense. So what right. happens is you plant in the fall, so in in Israel, because that's going to be kind of the rainy season is okay. going to be um, through that time. So you plant um, in the fall and then you harvest in March to June, sometime in there for things like barley, wheat, and whatnot. But okay. after that, oh, they harvest, were winter crops. Yeah, and so right. after because that because Israel just has a raining and a dry season, so you got to plant the crops during the rain, and then during the dry season, the land prepares again. So what's interesting is these sheep could have been in these fields near the town when the where the crops were not planted. So it would have to be the dry season, exactly. Otherwise, your sheep are trampling someone's crops, and which eating, would be terribly rude. Yeah, eating their crops, pooping in their crops. Oh, but no, but this is serious because in the off season. It's really good because they go and eat the stubble. They eat the stuff that's left over. Probably and any then, weeds that are growing. Yeah, and they drop fertilizer, right? Oh, and so sure. it's really good for the animals to be there then. On top of this, Israel can actually get kind of cold during those rainy winter months, whereas in summertime, it's pretty warm. And okay. it says that they were keeping watch out in the field at night, meaning that... They're was, not seeking shelter. Yeah, exactly. They weren't inside. They weren't further out in the wilderness where it might have been a little bit warmer. They're near Bethlehem. They're in the fields. So Jesus is a summer baby. Interesting. Okay. So I think we can move Christmas then to June or July. <laughs> so people who like to celebrate Christmas in July, yeah, it's a thing lately, right? Like they'll play the Hallmark movies in July and stuff yeah, for Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas in July. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's a just, new thing. They're... <laughs> But but right, but this, right. this I think it's just really fascinating to know because it all kind of fits together. Now, for some people, like me, I would hear that and I think, okay, that's an interesting tidbit. But is that something that should shake our faith or make us not want to celebrate in December? Because December twenty fifth, I mean, that's near and dear to all our hearts. That's when we've always celebrated. Is there a a reason why that should be? changed no i think it's fine because it's just a time to remember right i mean it would have been nice had we put it in the right time to begin um but the point is to celebrate and the point is to remember and then of course mm -hmm. in advent to anticipate the coming of jesus again mm -hmm. so i don't think there's any problem with celebrating it in december it just isn't accurate to when jesus was really born but i don't think that really changes anything mm -hmm. at all um so the whole meaning of the story is still as it is. Exactly. So 
I want to look at those shepherds a little more because I think the theme of the fact that these angels announced this to shepherds is fascinating because shepherds were not high on the social ladder at the time. Now, there's a lot of history. It wasn't what everyone wanted to grow up and be. No, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, there's debates about if they were clean or unclean, but what's pretty clear is like they weren't, you know, they weren't high on the list. They okay. weren't the wealthy. They weren't the people okay. you'd really want to be. And so, again, when a king. When a king's birth is going to be announced, you're supposed to announce it to the famous people, to the rich people, to, to the, the powerful other people. Yeah, not to shepherds. Yet okay. the angel comes and says, I have good news of great joy, which will be what? For all people. That's what they say in verse 10. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he goes. Mm-hmm. the angel goes on to say, glory to God in the highest. And this is how the ESV says it. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, this is fascinating because Mm. this passage, I believe, is being mistranslated. Really? Yes. Because what I read first was, I have good news of great joy for all men. And then in the pronouncement, it says, and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. So as if the peace is only for those with whom God is pleased. Okay. But that goes against this entire narrative. Okay. Because it's pronounced to shepherds, who are the low end. Jesus himself is poor, born into a poor family in a nondescript location. And so what's interesting about this passage is that there's one word that when you add or subtract a sigma, which is like an S, it changes the case of the sentence of... Is God's shalom for all people or those with whom God is pleased? And so Brad Young, who's this really awesome author, argues that really, and the texts have their variants, right? When we're translating the Bible into English, they look at the Greek texts, right? Mm -hmm. And there's some Greek texts that have a sigma and some that don't. And so we kind of have to choose which one we're going to go with. And it turns out that when you translate it the one way, you get peace among those with whom God is pleased. But when you do it the other way, it becomes glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm. So it's no longer just peace for those whom God is pleased with, but it's peace for everybody. And this makes sense because right before the angel said, this is good news for everybody. But God isn't just delivering a message. He's actually using the medium as the message. So he's not just declaring it again to rich people, he's saying coming to the poor, he's coming to the shepherds that no one cares about and says, I have good news for you. Mm. I have good news for everybody. Even, and maybe especially, those with whom God is not pleased. Mm. Because Jesus says, I didn't come to heal the the healthy, but the sick. And so I think this passage is better just translated and understood as a proclamation of peace on earth and God's goodwill, goodwill being the idea of desire of the good things for everybody. Mm. And that's the great joy is that Jesus came to bring peace and his ultimate desire to absolutely everyone. He announces it to shepherds who no one would have necessarily cared about. And he comes in the form of a human who is not rich, who didn't have fanfare, but was born in a manger. I think that's just such good news. That is absolutely good news. So friends, as you journey through Advent and into Christmas and engage this story, our hope is that maybe you can see it from a slightly different angle. 
Not that any of the themes or things have changed, but maybe you get them a little deeper. Maybe you can picture it just a little better. And our hope and prayer for you is that this proclamation of good news, of great joy about the birth of a poor child in a normal family, in a normal setting to shepherds, that God is on the throne, peace on earth, goodwill to all people. May you experience that to be true in your life. Grace and peace be with you.